0: Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay.
1: Welcome to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. It is Taco Tuesday. Yes, indeed it is. It's hard to believe it's almost hump day. These past two days have flown by, but let me tell you, it it is getting good. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight. So much to get into tonight. we got some good news, some fascinating news, some not so great news, just all kinds of stuff to share with you guys tonight, uh, including a couple of your emails that I've gotten from you guys. I love to hear from you guys, especially like my fact checkers. Like when I don't know something, I'm trying to remember the name of a movie or something. I can always count on you guys to get me the answers that I need. <laughs> you guys are the best people ever. So thank you so much. I know you have a lot of choices where you can get your information, spend your time. And it just always means a lot to me that you guys choose to spend your time here with AK. If you miss any part of the show, don't forget to download the podcast wherever you get your pods. If you want to email me, email me at dot com. Um, before I go any further, let me bring in this man. He's the the grease baby, um, and not any of that skanky seed oil stuff that everybody's realizing isn't good for you. He's like the good, healthy um, olive oil the the first press, cold pressed, first press of the olive oil. I'm talking about DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon.
2: Broccolini.
3: All right, all right. Taco Tuesday is finally here. I'm really looking forward to some tacos later. Mm -hmm. Oh man! Um, And also, (laughs) this whole show—we've got so much. This whole news day is just—it's like a whirlwind, like a time warp. Truly, it's yeah, yeah, it is.
1: But I want. But I want to start off the show um, by just sending my love to a friend of mine who lost her dad today. And I don't want to give her name out because it's not my, my story to tell. But if you are listening, my dear friend, just know that I love you so much and my heart is with you. And I know it was a complicated relationship, um, but that he loved you and uh, just hugs and love from San Diego. All right. Um, you know who who nobody has any love for today, at least nobody that has been or is in the process or is about to be dragged by the weaponized FBI and the DOJ, Ray Epps. I think we all knew, well, first of all, we've known for three years now, right, that something shady, uh, even before the fi- we finally got some release of the videotapes, uh, that were withheld by the Jan 6 committee. I think we all know, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, going back to Jan 6 itself, that the feds had to be involved in some way or another. And then we started; people started looking at the tapes uh, that were released, and and we see this dude in with a hat and a bullhorn, just it, it it just he was literally the main dude that was encouraging and inciting. You know that whole phrase, inciting a riot. You know, the whole reason why Donald J. Trump is being sued in a D.C. court has been indicted by Jack Smith in a D.C. court, at least, over inciting a riot. Yeah, well, the guy who was actually, Donald Trump told people to march peacefully, the guy who was actually on a bullhorn telling people to go inside, wearing a a MAGA hat, by the way, Um, how, how convenient, Ray Epps. Of all the 800 or so people that were dragged in and prosecuted, people were asking, well, why not this Ray Epps guy? He's the one on the bullhorn. If we're going to drag people in, if they're going to be faced with, like Matthew Perna, nine years for walking in or, like, in the instance of the Proud Boys, inciting and coordinating, they were never even there at that point being prosecuted. Facing years, why not Ray Epps? And then, of course, uh, he he began he he began to. Um, and then, when the Jan 6 committee had all their testimony and people coming forth, and the whole sham trial that took place there, the one person they didn't bring in, never mentioned, was Ray Epps. Of course, then we had to see the love fest that went on in 60 Minutes, right? As he was claiming to be a victim of these right-wing conspiracies, right? These people claiming that he was a federal agent. Well, if you weren't a federal agent, then why were you getting a pass for your behavior that day? In fact, that's one of the things that just really made the story so wretched, that just amplified the stench coming out of the story as to who he was. So then, of course, in order to try to cover up, they did what was obviously a show of an indictment and filing charges against him, uh, misdemeanors, not anywhere remotely like what they were trying to do to the other Jan Six defendants. He never was arrested and brought in and thrown into gulag. Never denied bail. Never sat back in this gulag for three years awaiting trial. Never had any prosecutorial abuse of withholding evidence that was exculpatory for him. No, no, he was charged. With misdemeanors. And then today, via Zoom call, dude didn't even have to show up in court. And he got a $500 fine and 100 hours of community service. (laughs) Trump is looking at 400 years. And this guy got 100 hours of community service and a $500 fine. Don't tell me that he's not a Fed. Your thoughts, Sesame Broccolini?
3: Well, nothing like that—that that completely unequal application of the law—to start, you know, leading us down this this rabbit hole of who is he, what, what does he know, what, why is it that he gets kitty gloves? He's basically getting off completely scot-free. He's walking away free man.
1: Why he's probably of... not even paying that five hundred dollar fine, I was and he say, will probably I... never spend one hour picking up trash off the side of the road. His hundred hours of community service probably would be no more than having to suffer in the audience watching The View. This should outrage everybody. We need to get Jake Lang back on the show.
3: Yeah, we do. I hope he's doing okay. I really do. I, it's, 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 this is just, it's, they're, they're not the only political criminals in this country, but they are the, it's the biggest batch, the biggest single batch, and, If we're not careful, if we don't pay attention, if we really do not heed the warning here, then we may – I mean, they're going to go after – we already saw today, Matthew Graves, saying that they're going to start targeting plenty of other people for January 6th, plenty of other protesters or anyone they even can. It's you don't even have to have been there at the Capitol. They'll still go after you. It's it's they're
1: going after permit holders. Mm -hmm. One Mm -hmm. of the things that they did was they after Jan 6, they extended the barrier in terms of where you were not supposed to cross so that they could drag more people in. They literally indicted a father and his son because after the Capitol Police pulled the barricades back and opened the doors, they needed to go in and use the restroom. And the police let them in and and actually showed them where the restroom was. And they're now looking at years behind bars. This is entrapment. This is classic entrapment. And this is why we need more people like Vivek Ramaswamy in the Republican Party to call it as such. Instead, no, we got traitor Mike Pence saying that, oh, well, he trusts the FBI. He trusts the FBI. They've said that they didn't instigate. And he just thinks all these over 1,000 ransackers, 1,000 ransackers, uh, according to Mike Pence, deserve to be fully prosecuted. There, If there were 1,000 people ransacking the White House, where were they? Was there a was there a window that that was broken that Ashley Babbitt went through? Yeah. Was there a thousand people ransacking the White House? Where's the video of that? That's a lie. Clay Higgins out of Louisiana posted today and said, "Look, Mike Pence and I have prayed together, and we have a special bond. And I'm going to call on my brother to come to 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 contact me so I can brief him on what I know about Jan 6." Oh no 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 Clay Higgins my Cajun brother from Morgan city. Oh no, 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 no. Mike Pence knows full and dang well that he's lying through his teeth. Mike Pence does not need to be debriefed. He already knows what truly happened that day. Mike Pence needs to be convicted by the Lord for his sins and why he is enabling the persecution of innocent people for power. I don't care how much Mike Pence reportedly allegedly prays or waves his Bible around. We're all sinners. And in fact, I got, speaking of emails, I got an email um, from Sandy the other day that said haughty. Cause I was trying to think of, uh, you know, he claims to be a Christian, but he, the, the um, arrogance, he's so pompous. He, he wears his, and, and she says haughty is a, is the word that comes to mind. Absolutely. He's so full of, um, is pious self righteousness, self righteousness. Well, let me tell you, Mike Pence. You have you have you will have a lot to answer for, when your time comes. I'm glad I don't have to answer for Mike Pence, who is so obviously consumed with power, and seeking more power that he's willing to lie like he is. He's willing to see Americans, innocent Americans, seniors. Be railroaded and probably spend the rest of their life in jail. That's what he's willing to see. There's nothing biblical about that. There's nothing righteous going on here. We are a completely morally corrupt country. We have no US Constitution anymore. We have no nation anymore because we don't have any borders. We don't have fair trials anymore. The weaponization of our government extends across the country. We don't have free speech anymore. This is not, this is not. Uh, And and we as Christians have an obligation to be fighting against this. Not joining the tyranny. We know what's going to be happening coming forward against Christians. With this type of government system and power. And anybody that doesn't fight against it is on the side of evil. We're going to take a break when we come back. Speaking of uh, railroading innocent Americans... Tom Debacaro, I reached out to Tom Debacaro of Political Vanguard and different books and political commentator on the show all the time to talk about Fannie Willis. Because that's a case in which many people are calling for her to be disbarred. You know, Fannie Willis is the one that indicted Trump and hit an 18 co-defendants in Georgia. And now there's calls for her to not only drop the charges against Trump, but that she should be disbarred. And we're going to talk about that when we return. Don't go away. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. FM 96.1 is streaming all over the world.
0: Andrea K. bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Do we possibly have some divine intervention to stop the evil uh, that is taking place in Georgia via the district attorney known as Fannie Willis? Um, Let me refresh your guys' memory. The the Georgia case is um, against Trump and 18 co-defendants accusing them of in fact one of the co-defendants i believe was actually al gore's attorney back uh, during the bush v gore days and some of the filings that this guy was involved in with trump were some of the same arguments that were made that he made on behalf of al gore and so trump and this was the case involving trump and jenna ellis and uh, Sidney powell and others that had to do with uh, allegedly using the RICO statutes that they were all involved in a conspiracy to defraud the voters. And of course, there's also reports that uh, Fannie Willis pulled the trigger on this um, when she did, because things were getting kind of hot in regards to the bribery uh, allegations and things that were being disclosed about Joe Biden. So now there are reports coming out That Trump's attorneys and others are making have uh, filed for. um, I don't know if they filed for dismissal of the case. Yes, they're seeking to dismiss the indictment um, uh, against Trump and disqualify Fannie Willis um, from the case, uh, alleging that she engaged in a personal romantic relationship with one of the top prosecutors. He's a so basically, uh, she's been allegedly romantically involved with one of the prosecutors who's married. She didn't disclose this, she didn't get authorization for this according to proper channels. On top of it, he allegedly didn't have the skills to do the job and wasn't up to stuff. Meanwhile, he was paid $650,000 to do the job. So clearly, um, she was, uh, according to The filing, uh, the quote, accordingly, the district attorney and the special prosecutor have violated laws regulating the use of public monies, suffer from irreparable conflicts of interest, and have violated their oaths of office under the Georgia Rules of Professional Conduct and should be disqualified from prosecuting this manner. Joining me now to discuss, other people are calling for her disbarment today. So I reached out to Tom DeBacaro author of books like The Divided Era. He's got another book out coming out soon from Political Vanguard. Um, great political pundit and all-around good guy. Hey, Tom DeBocaro, welcome back to the show.
2: Hey, great to be on. This is actually a stunning day. On two fronts, the absolute level of corruption in the Biden White House and in Georgia have been exposed. I mean, it's very clear that she has this relationship. And one thing I didn't hear you say, perhaps you did, is that she materially benefits from this relationship because he's going out there squiring her around on vacations in Napa and Ah. other places. So Ah. it's it's not just that, uh, she gave the job to her boyfriend, who by the way, had never even prosecuted a felony, let alone the biggest case in Ge- Georgia history. Wow. <clears throat> and so what is going on there? and it's ve- and you're right. she could get disbarred. This is stunningly corrupt behavior and uh, and I don't know that it can result in the dismissal. Of the case. Uh, but one thing that was also disclosed is that he billed the, uh, uh, this guy, or, or people from her office, uh, were at, met with White House officials and billed time prior to the indictments. Ooh. And so, is that not direct evidence that the Biden White House was involved in? pushing this particular indictment, just as with regard to Jack Smith, that people from his office met before the Trump indictment. And look, I don't know how anyone on earth who, who actually knows this honestly say anything other than this was a politically coordinated of uh, judicial and uh, attorneys generals and DOJ money to stop a political opponent. I mean, there's there's like the evidence is just sitting there on the table. It doesn't need interpretation anymore.
1: Well, let me ask you this then: If you're Sidney Powell, you're Jenna Ellis, and your others, I mean, they've already copped a plea. I mean, what do they do at this point with this information? Uh,
2: I'm not the most steep in federal procedure. But I think that they are uh, should have an avenue to overturn their pleas. But it's probably too early to do that at this that second. They need additional information. I have said all along that these indictments were not based on probable cause. They were based on political motivation which is, by the way, one of the reasons why we have a country. The Fourth Amendment was a huge grievance, and basically what was going on is the British Parliament would pass a bill of attainder at the behest of King George saying, go after a political opponent. That's what's been going on. And Mm -hmm. so this is just clear evidence of the, the similar thing in this country. These are Fourth Amendment violations. Leticia James in New York, I'm going to go get Trump. I, I mean, she announced her anti-Amendment uh, motivations. And eventually these will get turned over. But as you well know, their goal here is not to convict him to dominate the uh, the election
1: cycle, right? Well, I do think that they hope that they're going to get some convictions. I think that the railroading of Jenna Ellis and uh, Sydney powell oh, yes, I do.
2: They want the convictions, but not because they think ultimately they'll stand up, but that they think that will stop Trump from being president.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, and and you know who else <clears throat> shares that that dream is Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, which is why they continue to use the same talking points as the left, and um, and, and supporting like Nikki Haley saying, oh well, some of some of the you know claims against Trump are are legit and valid, and others aren't, and you know, and DeSantis. You know, when he was asked about what Trump should do different on Jan 6th, he said, oh, I would have won. You know, I mean, uh, you know, he just continues to categorize, try to try to, you know, minimize all of these as just low level beefs with local DAs versus like you just talked about the obvious coordination uh, with the federal government to control the outcome of elections. And, you know, to me, and, and and I know you're not here to talk about the 2024 elections, but to see any so-called conservative, for one that I used to respect, Ron DeSantis, literally hoping for the worst outcome uh, for us and the best outcome for the deep state makes him completely odious to me. Speaking of odious, we've got to talk about the artwork, the alleged artwork by Hunter Biden, Because there's breaking news on that end. Now, of course, Hunter Biden, his new revenue stream and income is supposed to be completely separate from the White House. Just like Joe Biden told us uh, that, you know, there was a wall built between him and Hunter Biden with Burisma and all the other companies. Uh, Allegedly, there was a wall between uh, Joe Biden and even Hunter Biden when it came to the uh, connoisseurs of fine art. I can't even say that with a straight face. (laughs) <laughs> who were buying yeah. his artwork. Tell everybody what the uh, breaking news is today.
2: Well, so Hunter Biden, who's, I don't know, paints paintings, maybe he's better <laughs> than my my no longer living dog at doing it, but <laughs> they were selling for fantastic dollar amounts. The White House claimed that they had set up this process to to where he wasn't aware of who was buying these, that they were lending credence to the fact that they were, you know, arm's length transactions. Now we find out by people involved that that's a lie, that he knows at least two of the major purchasers and at least one of the major purchasers was granted access uh, made multiple payments, was granted access to the White House and then got a White House appointment. So, wow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're not even... I mean, that's they, selling influence.
1: That's selling influence. They, you just connected the dots.
2: hundred. But I'm not connecting them. It's just, it's on its face. It's just sitting there. And this is corruption at the highest level. And, you know, I gotta believe, I, I said long ago... And I don't think Biden ultimately will be the nominee. I may well have misspoken in the sense that he will get the nomination, but the, the DNC rules allow him to be replaced if he drops out after. And there's a major Wall Street bank that, in their intel report to it, investors and the like, that that's what they expect to happen.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree, and I think it's going to be Michelle Obama. All right, Tom DeBocaro, I
2: don't, I don't think that, but I do think there will be a replacement.
1: Yeah, well, then who do you think? If not Michelle, she's out do- on a media tour right now, talking about how scared she is of this election. Yeah, yeah, talk- but
2: but it's at some level you have to be able to talk about issues and policy, and she's never shown that ability, and I don't think they'd be taken seriously. They were, they're going to have to find some high-ranking congressperson or senator or something to do it
1: well we'll see all right tom we will stay in the immortal words of andrea k stay tuned (laughs) stay (laughs) that's right my friend all right thank you for being here you go take good care now all right now you guys take a take a tiny little break with us and then come on back we got more andrea k show coming right up don't go anywhere
0: world a much-needed reality check you're listening to the andrea k show on the answer san diego
1: welcome back to tonight's andrea k show so the uh the crazy insane story of secretary of defense lloyd austin continues okay in case you guys aren't familiar let me catch you up real quick um uh, uh, sec def austin went kind of mia he went awol he come to find out he was in intensive care taken to the hospital in intensive care on january 1 nobody knew right um so then it was revealed that and and then by the way the the deputy secretary was on vacation i think another sec uh, another uh deputy was um, out sick. Um, Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks um, was in Puerto Rico at the time. (laughs) There was another um, deputy deputy or second deputy um, or chief of staff, I guess, his chief of staff um, was out with the flu. So we, we had nobody in charge of our defense department. Our national secretary of defense, not the not the defense department, but the national secretary of defense, missing in action. Didn't tell anybody. By the way, come and now. Um, so then, of course, people are like you got to be kidding me. We're on the brink of World War III, and we have a secretary of defense that was in the hospital on intensive care and did not notify his commander in chief did not have a transfer of power done come to find out he was actually come to find out he was actually uh, he was admitted in intensive care because he was having complications from having been diagnosed with prostate cancer prostate cancer he had and on top of that he had alleged, he had reportedly lied they knew now his deputy secretary knew that he was having surgery but they said that it was, and I think Biden might have even known at that point. Um, no, I don't think Biden knew at that point, but I somebody knew, uh, but uh, that he was having surgery. But he lied and said that it was elective surgery. Well, what did he say was elective surgery? Even then, you you know, you're 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 going out on elective surgery, and I, the commander in chief didn't know at the time. And what elective surgery? You're going to go and get a nose job? I mean, you know, who goes and gets, what elective surgery? Elective surgery is typically something cosmetic, right? What? Why go have elective surgery in the middle of everything that's happening right now in the world? Come to find out our Secretary of Defense has prostate cancer and did not tell anybody? Although I think uh, Sesame Broccolini, we have a clip of which... um, I think one of the spokespeople is trying to justify this by saying Secretary of Defense Austin is taking full responsibility. And there is an investigation uh, in right now in, in taking place for them to figure out how better to communicate, if you can play the clip. First of all, taking responsibility is, if if he was out here in some local command somewhere, he'd probably be court, court-martialed he would have already been relieved of his duties. If he was a, command, an, 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 uh, a commander of a unit somewhere, he would have already been relieved of his duties and probably be facing court-martial. Accepting responsibility is not going, yeah, when went AWOL and didn't tell people. Yeah, I was admitted into intensive care and didn't hand over and transfer power to my deputy secretary and didn't tell anybody. That's not accepting responsibility. Accepting responsibility is actually accepting consequences for this level of egregious behavior. And I don't want to hear anything about the Biden administration looking to better communicate. I mean, you know, this is the kind of this is the kind of uh, uh, of investigation or pro- looking at protocols that you have like back when I was uh you know, waitressing and if we wanted if I wanted to take a night off and I was on the schedule and I would go to my friend and I'd say, "You know what? I want to go out with my boyfriend tonight. Can you take my shift?" And then she'd go, "Yeah, I can take my shift." But we had that conversation and not tell the boss. And then she would just not show up for my shift, and then nobody would be there and be like, okay, yo, this this isn't the way we're going to handle things going forward because we didn't have anybody to work C-Station. Okay. That's how they're trying to categorize this. That's the level of significance they're trying to put on this. That's insane. Your thoughts, Sesame?
3: Yeah, I am just so cynical with the whole press conference we're we're fixing it we're working on it we're improving things on our end i just it's it just rubs me the wrong way it's more politicians speak for saying we're not doing anything this was totally irresponsible and short-sighted but it's what you've come to expect from this administration that's the thing is the biden administration has set the bar so low i don't expect them to be organized anymore it's but terrible. Trump is supposed to be but...
1: Trump is supposed to be the president of chaos, right? <laughs> Look what well, we've got here.
3: Yeah, right. This is the if this is the adults are back in the room, then I, I say bring the kids back in. Or this is ridiculous. Um, it, it truly is. It's no wonder we are the laughing stock on the world stage right now. It just looks like we don't have anything together at all. We don't. It's, we're a day late, dollar short every single time. And again, spare me the whole. You know, running through all the talking points and the pre-approved regime—you know, pressers—I'm just so cynical. I, you'd better off just not say anything at all, or just admit that it was a giant mistake, giant oversight, and move on with it. I really am not interested in the whole sugarcoating it and covering it up. And oh well, we're we're working on things on our end, and this is a learning well, lesson. Well, not to I, mention
1: I, the fact—excuse me for interrupting. What about the fact that he still has prostate cancer? Where 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 is his health? at this point. He had he had surgery for prostate cancer. he had complications from the surgery that landed him in the intensive care unit. That alone is a reason for him to no longer be in this position. Is that why he hit it? because he didn't want everybody to know how, that he's possibly not going to recover and, and not be able to do it when you're when you've been in the intensive care is he sitting in an office today? Of course not. He is a national security risk. My understanding is, as I think Matt Rosendale is introducing articles of impeachment for him, this man needs to go. And the entire Republican Party needs to be screaming about this like a pig caught under a gate. But, of course, they're not. Instead, what we've got is Mitch McConnell. I think I pulled a clip of him uh, tr- trying to talk, into, he was talking earlier today about listing off, we've got this going on, we've got Ukraine, we've got Putin doing this, we've got the Hooties doing this, you know, all trying to justify these supplemental $100 billion. I want to play this clip, and then we'll talk about how it relates to SecDef Austin.
2: So make no mistake about it. This is the most serious international situation we have faced since the Berlin Wall came down. We need to pass the supplemental. There needs to be a strong border provision part of it. And I'm...
1: A strong border provision? This is this is supposedly the most dangerous position we've been in from a national security standpoint since uh, the Berlin Wall fell. And first of all, he sounds like, you know, I've been more upset that Dunkin Donuts didn't have my vanilla cream than he is right there. But, you know, we just the we just had the Republican Party agree to one point seven trillion dollars, including sixty five billion dollars for Ukraine. We don't need we don't need another hundred billion dollars being given to the Biden regime with a sec, that that has this kind of crap going on with secretary of defense, Austin. Why would Mitch McConnell or any Republican think the giving this these people, if you think that this is how desperate we're at from a national security standpoint, then why not come to the microphones today and say secretary of defense, Austin needs to go or we are going to impeach him and remove him from office? because of the dire straits that we're in. And we're not going to give another dime to the Biden administration when they're this reckless with national security. On it, 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 From Secretary of Defense Austin, what they've done with wasting our money with Ukraine, and the open border, which, as Wayne Allen Root said, is the greatest terror attack that's ever been inflicted on this country because of the the millions of military-aged men coming from 150 countries around the world, unleashing crime already on this country uh, in in a crime wave and the potential of even more crimes. Of course, that's not what the Republican Party cares about. We're going to take a break. we come back. we got more to talk about. I want to hear from you. Email me at andreakashow.com, andreakashow.com. I want your thoughts on all of this. How are you guys feeling about this? I personally, um, I love that Rosendale's wanting to introduce articles of impeachment, but does anybody really think that any real accountability is going to take place from this group of Republicans? Email me, andreakashow.com, and stick around. Final segment of Hour One coming right up.
0: Andrea K, telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Who remembers AB5? California Assembly Bill 5, which I believe was spearheaded by the one and only Lorena Gonzalez, wife of the crap weasel known as, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking, Nathan Fletcher. AB5 um, destroyed independent contracting here in the state of California. And that it, 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 under the guise of wanting to help the independent workers out here, people who sign independent contracts do so because they want to make their own hours. They want to come and go as they please. They don't want to be an employee for those reasons, because when you become an employee versus an independent contractor, uh, you, you can't pick and choose your own hours and work when you want and leave when you want, and um, it, it, it gives you freedom to be an independent contractor. Um, When there was backlash on it, uh, of course, the state of California uh, carved out exceptions for media because what are actors, what are writers, what are many journalists? Well, they're independent contractors. Of course, they gave their friends uh, a little exemption on that. Well, there's breaking news. And let me tell you, this has just uh, one of the one of the main groups of people and the Democrats always hurt the very groups, groups that they pretend to care about because so many of the independent contractors like Uber drivers, right, for example, um, are uh, single, single parents, students, um, stay-at-home moms, people that want to make a little extra money but do it at their own pace and at their own time and whenever they want. And now, and by the way, now after AB5, It now, what it used to cost uh, maybe like $17 for me to take an Uber ride down to the airport, cost me $89 last month, $89. This is a job killer. This is an industry killer. And it's coming to you, America. Kevin Kiley who was a state assemblyman here uh, or state legislator here in the state of California, now a congressman, tweeted out today, you know the old saying, so goes California. He says, it's official. Gavin Newsom's war on workers has just been taken national by Biden and Julie Sue. They've announced an independent contractor rule based on California's notorious AB law, AB5 law. It will put millions of Americans out of work. He goes on to quote some other people and their thoughts on it. Uh, like Newsom's own former deputy chief uh, chief of staff, who called it one of the most destructive pieces of legislation in the past 20 years. Uh, it's truly horrific, he said. How many people are negatively impacted by it? Uh, former San Fran mayor Willie Brown said the law made him want to picket against the fill in the blank nasty word at the Capitol and the special interests that took advantage of them. It, even Andrew Cuomo rejected the law in New York, saying he didn't want to make the same mistake as California. So um, the head of the California NAACP called AB5 a terrible law and a gut punch to our community. And yet Biden is now imposing a new federal standard modeled on California's AB5. According to Kylie, uh, he, uh, he has even elevated the architect of AB5, Julie Sue, to carry out this attack, he says, on the right to earn a living as ruthlessly as possible. Wow. Um just when you thought, I mean, they they are going to be doing everything that they can to push through the most communistic fascist. This is fascism, by the way, by by its very definition, which is government, uh, you know, working through private enterprise to control citizens, and that's the loose uh, definition of it. And let me tell you, uh, they they are going to push everything that they can through in the off chance that they don't manage to stop Trump or, or uh, a true conservative from winning in 2024. Um, And, and by the way, uh, they will lie about what this will do to workers. Just like we now know that they lied and inflated the jobs numbers by 500,000 in 2023. Your thoughts, Sesame.
3: Well, even if Trump Gets elected, and I'm very much hoping that he is elected. This sort of communist framework policy approach will continue on. That's the thing: is we ha- it's yeah. Th- this is there is a movement in this country. There's a Marxist takeover happening, and we have to do everything that we can to crush it. And part of that is showing and explaining to people how this will hurt them, why this will hurt them, why it is not in their best interests. And I, I, that, that, is, that is the mission. I'm, I'm hoping that Republicans will pick up that baton because that's what the GOP needs to do is explain to people, we don't have a Democrat party. We have a communist party. And they want one party rule. And if they get it, that means the end of America as we know it. Mm-hmm. P- and they, that's they not being hyperbolic. They need to hammer that point home. Yeah, I, I,
1: that's, yeah, it's not being hyperbolic. It's the truth.
3: It is the truth. It's just reality. Yeah, you I can you can say whatever you want from there, but that that those are just the facts. And maybe that would have sounded crazy or conspiratorial. I don't care what it sounds like at this point because that is the truth, and it's not going to stop until it's all of the stuff only goes so far as the American people let it. The onus is you, on you, us you to fight have for this to- country.
1: Right. The words independent contractor means independent. Mm-hmm. You will, uh, independence, where our country was founded on individual liberty. The individual is gone. This, it, where our country was founded on the free market. Your, your private property is your business. Business owners are supposed to be able to run their businesses as they see fit. You should be able to work wherever you want, when you want. The employer should be able to say, Um, If you want this job, you're going to work 40 hours, da-da-da-da-da. Okay, no, thank you. I want to work 15 hours a week. I don't want to have to be here at 8 o'clock. I'm going to go find another gig that allows me to come and go as I please because I want to work independently. I don't want to be an employee. There is no freedom that this Democrat Party wants you to be allowed to have other than killing your child because it's geographically inside of your body instead of outside your body. That's it. It's the only freedom they want you to be able to have and the freedom to kill yourself, by the way, uh, with some help from doctors. That's a story I want to get into next hour because the uh, I'm wondering what you guys think about um, the the medical doctor assisted suicide that's expanding in this country. And I want to talk about it. And and, and actually, I I feel like it's it's something I want to debate because my heart does go out to those suffering but we've devalued life enough in this country this is a debate i want to have and we're going to talk about it next hour come on back this is the Andrew k show on am 1170 fm 96.1 and streaming all over the world